I just needed to replenish my fluids. <laughs> Dylan, we're wrapping up Machine Month. The next big thing. Oh, God. Bro- I fucking hate Taz. This is brought up in the Taz episode. Here comes the pain. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Fu- but that's... But- Here comes the pain, Call, Call. Here comes the... Yeah, we get it. We fucking get it. But that's... Don't Vin- listen to that's Mr. That's Vince in his ear. No, like, no, it's what not. Do say? It's what not. do we say his it's name? Not. So it's not. Name? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Paul Heyman was in charge, and I looked this up in the interim. Paul Heyman was producing at that time, Okay. and Taz and uh, Michael Cole had to re-record all of their um, commentary, Yeah. Uh, and Vince McMahon wouldn't even listen to it, because up until when then Paul got fired, because uh, he got caught listening in on the uh, raw yeah, conference calls. Call, yeah. um, his excuse for doing that was the best, by the way, which was, oh yeah, I was listening, but I was asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just left the phone on. Sure you were. It's great. Um, it was Paul's idea. So fuck off. And you can totally tell Paul Heyman, no. That is awful. It's awful. We're talking about Brock Lesnar. Let's talk about Brock Lesnar's book that I've read. It is horrifying. I just want to say Brock Lesnar is... I want to start here, if that's okay, and then we'll talk about the book. It is... He had Roman Reigns heat in his first run. And then comes back as Jesus Christ himself. Like, isn't it insane? Because people forget this. People only know Brock now as like, uh, oh, why didn't, why did he have to lose to Cena in his first match? Why did he lose to, why did he split matches with Triple H? Why, 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 why do they ever make him look weak? And it was like, when Brock Lesnar came in, he was clearly a better, like by his, by his like second year, he's a great, great wrestler. And but when they first started pushing him, it was like, oh, here's they're trying to do Goldberg again, and he's the first guy. This is why this is another reason why he's important. He's the first guy that the Fed shoved down your throat, and then there was there was like a bit of blowback to it, and they just kept fucking going. Uh, there was more than a bit of blow blowback. Steve Austin quit the company. But the reason was, he was like, I'm okay with doing a job to Brock. I just don't... Because it was also the f- the time... And how they were going to do it. To, no, it's the time when they switched to, uh, oh, hey, uh, Steve, you're going to lose tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like It's when they switched to booking on the fly, not really have everything laid out. No, didn't have anything laid out. And he was going to lose in five minutes in a King of the Ring qualifying match. Steve Austin was like, no... Let's build to him beating me. I'm fine with him building to beating me. But why that's an important point is so Brock Lesnar's on the rise. Here's what any sort of laissez-faire fan knows about Brock Lesnar. Where is Steve Austin? And their friend who does watch wrestling goes, Steve Austin left because he wouldn't lose to Brock Lesnar because this was still the time when Vince wasn't, like they weren't really respecting kayfabe and they all but told you that's why. Yeah. The whole like he took his ball and he went home. Bullshit. It was so stupid. And it hurt Lesnar more than anything because everyone liked Austin and no one knew who the fuck this guy was. He was pushed so hard down everyone's throats. Immediately, because he immediately he comes in, beats up Spike. That's whatever. That, that was such an impressive way to walk out. And with Paul Heyman, who had left with the Alliance, and so now yeah. this guy is basically Paul Heyman's revenge on the Federation for them firing him after ECW lost yeah. in the invasion angle. Great. Great first chapter. They're always good. Pardon me. 
at writing a very good first paragraph. They really are, yes. Fuck, can they do it? And boy, can they fuck up a second chapter more and than then anyone he else. Doesn't, he moves into a feud with both the Hardys, so you've already been like, oh, this guy. So then you're foreshadowing what happened, what would happen in like 2009, 2010, where it's like, hey, what are the tag team champions doing tonight? Oh, they're not on the bill. Uh, we need five minutes. How about Triple H beats them both? And then, yeah, sure. And then they just do it. Yeah, you know. So Brock Lesnar is a foreshadowing of all the bat, like all the ways that wrestling has kind of lost its, lost its like way. I think they also don't pump up enough how much of a legitimate athlete this guy was right away. They went back to it later when he got involved with Kurt Angle, Mm -hmm. but uh, they should have. And they talked about him being. Put the microphone towards my face. They talk about being a young prospect, all this sort of stuff. They should have literally been like, this guy could have gone to football. This guy could have gone to MMA. He came here. This guy is the most decorated NCAA champion ever. This guy's a fucking freak show. Yeah. And that's why he won. Because I remember Meltzer gave this thing where it was like, I remember an interview with Meltzer where they're like, how is Brock Lesnar going to do an MMA? And he was just like, He's going to do great. He's not going to have to try because they don't have an, they've never had an athlete like this guy. And hearing that, you're like, he's a pro wrestler. He's not like an athlete. And then he just like, you see him and you're like, oh, this guy's so much fucking faster and so much. He's, he's just a like. freak. He is a silverback gorilla they shaved and taught to speak. Like he's a he's, fucking farm boy freak of nature. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Farm boy freak of nature. Um, probably did steroids from the time he was one years old. Jim Ross talks about it, which is he's the only guy that has that agility for that size. That's not something that's possible. And yeah, and the way he does the shooting star press, if you watch Kidman do the shooting star press, there's like a grace to it and a trick to it where he curls like he it's an inverted flip, so it still looks great. And this is the way cruiserweights all do it, is they they um they shrink like they put their feet yeah. almost at their butt and then flip that way so it cuts down on the spin yeah, yeah. or like yeah helps i don't know the aerodynamics of it yeah like, i, I think don't it would know. exactly uh, yeah so basically yeah. in a better way of describing okay so imagine everyone was listening take your two fingers and imagine you're standing at the top of the rope how sort of billy kidman and everyone does it is they would leap up in the air from the standing position and they would essentially kind of like they'd ball as they're moving. Yes, yeah, in the ball, and they move an and as flip. they're moving their knees up to do the flip. How Brock does it, and he sticks his head back too. Yeah, he sticks his head back, so it's this whole thing where like I'm basically the way you would do a 450, but obvi- obviously you make yourself a ball, so you cut down on the aerodynamics. How Brock does it, he fucking just jumps, like he just jumps. In the air, it's fucking freakish, and you'll see... And he just jumps super high, and then he just is like, I'm going to turn now, and then he does it. And what watching him in OVW is insane, because he's a lot le- he's leaner than he is when he debuted, because they didn't make him bulk up as much. Yeah. And so when he does the shooting star press, he does it like, oh my fucking God. It looks like he's going to hit his head, also. Yeah. Yeah, because he's super... Him and Shelton Benjamin is such a great... It sounds weird, but like... Such a great tag team to have because like both of these guys people forget this and the sad part is if we do a Shelton Benjamin episode it'll probably be like six years in when we're like we're run out of people but Shelton Benjamin we did Charlie Haas last week Dylan (laughs) but also Shelton Benjamin is another crazy fucking athlete where it was just like I'm gonna jump from the middle of the ring onto the top rope or like oh Shelton Benjamin also known as uh the best part of the first five money in the banks. Like they kept putting him in that match to be like, do something with the ladder. 
Oh my god, the ladder spinning and Shelton Benjamin is using it to jump kick off. He just did a spin kick into a punch into taking a yeah. shit in that guy's mouth. Here's something I just thought of that's sad is that when they lost Shelton Benjamin, Vince was like, ah, who's another black guy who can do the same thing? Co- you, Kofi, get in there, do the same thing. Isn't it racist to assume I can do the same thing? Can you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so much better. Like, some of that, we're talking about Brock Lesnar and now Kofi Kingston, but some of that dude's rumble eliminations are just like, why the fuck haven't you just made this guy like a super athlete? When he gets just tossed out and lands on his feet on the steps, Yeah, is fucking How mad dude didn't fuck that up. It's like the Undertaker has never fucked up old school, and that's super impressive. But like those like eight spots are like the fact that they didn't do anything with that dude is like it's the, just. But what's also crazy about that Kofi, and we'll stop with the Kofi Kingston. He doesn't land on his heels; he lands on the front part of his feet. Yeah. No. Yeah, because he can. He's got such control of it. He can tease that he's gonna fall down. Oh. Like there's one thing to be able to do it. Like you look at a guy, like. Um, who can barely like I'd like springboard stunner? Times. Could you say I'm a couple more times? <laughs> um, yeah. the springboard stunner. Cena can do the springboard stunner, but like I legitimately believe Brock Lesnar could just do it extremely well and make it look way better than the terrible way Cena does it because he's sloppy as fuck with it. Yeah, and that's the thing that they've done on the second run that they've done a lot better is that Lesnar just like never leaves his feet. He's the cyborg man now. If they would have booked him like that to begin with, blah, 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 whatever booking decisions are what they are. They couldn't book him the way are. they're booking him now without him going to UFC. And also, no, he, he him now doesn't work if, if you don't have what's come before. Yes. Because he essentially, he went out, he was the only guy who basically figured out UFC is, is WCW now. And he's the only guy who could have gone to UFC, did what he did in UFC. His first Fed run was amazing and is sort of the problem is he was also you shouldn't have made that guy the champion as fast as they did. He should have been chasing it and chasing it. The only guy who was good as the champ, as quick as he was, was mm-hmm. The Rock. And even that you knew that was being set up to be he will always be number two to Austin, it always will be. But The Rock also came up naturally. Absolutely. As much as they like force pushed the rock at the beginning, they reset, he comes in the nation, he's a heel, and then things just click and you can't get enough of the rock. Like and the way they turned the rock face was a lot more organic, whereas they were just like, uh, Brock Lesnar's a face now. And then you're like, oh, How are awful. you making oh, when, this when Paul unstoppable Heyman, beast? Paul Heyman stops being his agent and starts going after Big Show. The other problem with fucking Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar had zero opponents. When they fucking took him off Raw and put him on SmackDown, essentially being like, Ah, we're done with you. Go with Paul Heyman. The reason why they did that is Paul Heyman and Brock would basically only work with Heyman because Heyman knows when a fucking check is walking around. So he became friends with that fuck pretty goddamn quickly. Um, and so he's on SmackDown. None of his opponents are legitimate. None of his opponents are important. They put him in a fucking marquee feud with Bob Holly, and the motherfucker nearly killed the guy. Yeah, I really like that type of feud, though. Like, I like that type of feud for a champion like Lesnar, where it's like this unstoppable guy, and versus like. But you understand that everyone walking into even the Big Show feud, and they did so much to put over the Big Show in terms of them breaking the ring. Stop talking to babes on OKCupid. I'm not. I'm looking up. Uh, looking at something up. Um, for as much as that, all of that, 
none of the people he faced in that once they went into the brand extension were nearly as impressive as um, who Triple H was fighting. Triple H was fighting Booker T, all these sort of people that were legitimately world champions. Yeah. Hardcore Holly was never, ever close to the main event. But you don't need... Like, when you're talking about Lesnar, you're talking about a guy who basically is new Vader, like I said in the Vader yeah, but episode. But here's what I'm saying. Vader had that great feud with Cactus Jack, right? Where There's Cactus a difference, Jack, though. There is a difference, but I'm just saying this. Cactus Jack is like the, how the fuck is this guy going to beat? And and I'm not comparing Mick Foley and Hardcore Holly. I'm not. No, I understand. As Keep far going. as performers. I'm just saying that, like... you. There's these guys, when you're going with the unstoppable force, like, guy, you should have one feud. Because they do this in, in UFC 2. You have the guy who's, like, a gimme matchup. And the whole thing, the whole storyline is, this guy's worked super hard his whole career. This guy has a veteran. So he has veteran guile over this young upstart. Can the veteran guile overcome this unnatural, untouchable talent, right? And I think that's a really great feud to have because it's like, it's a fucking palate cleanser. You can't have, if you only have, if you only have Lesnar against this guy can take the title from him, blah, 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 then you don't, you need like a palate cleanser. You need a guy to make the next guy seem formidable. You have to have some feuds where the guy just beats the shit out of him and that's it. Totes. You know? And that and they did that really well. That I think is the proper booking of Lesnar, where it's like trying to get people to up the the way they built him. I think was like if you're gonna have him beat Hogan and you're gonna have him beat The Rock and the Undertaker and all these guys, like he just beats them. Oh, like you get one of those guys is fine. Like just have him beat the Undertaker. No one beats the Undertaker clean. The guys who beat the Undertaker clean are like The Rock and Austin and and Brett once. That that's it. Yeah. Like that's the mark of. This guy is our fucking guy. He beat The Undertaker, whereas they haven't beat The Undertaker, and they haven't beat Hogan, and they haven't beat The Rock, and it's just overkill. Where it's like, we fucking get it. Oh, like, the Hogan thing was fucking crazy. Well, the Hogan, the whole Hogan story, like, we don't want to get... Hogan back? That was fucking insane. Well, because fucking WrestleMania 20... No, 18, baby. It was so good. It, it wasn't that good. That is totally misremembered. I remember watching that match with everyone, and that one... I watched that match recently... It is not misremembered. I got goosebumps, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, that's fucking." Awesome. I didn't. I never enjoyed it. I really. You didn't it. enjoy seeing Hogan no. Hulk up? No, it was great. I really didn't because of where there or everyone in Toronto was like, "Fuck the Rock, Hogan now!" Like, oh yeah, oh boy. Because I think they were like, "Fuck it!" Like, I'm gonna cheer for. I'm gonna cheer for the the guy I haven't seen in a while versus like, I'm, oh sorry, you have to guy. You have to be, like, a caretaker in The Mummy Returns for eight minutes? Go fuck yourself. Also, you know that that, like, majorly changed everything. They had to fucking... They uh, almost made Hogan go over because at the fan fest, they were like, um, everyone's really excited to see Hogan, and, like, no one went to the... Like, there was a Rock signing, and they were like, no one's in line to get signings from The Rock. There's a really cool thing I heard about that where, like, Hogan... He basically tried to. War it's funny because it's in the exact same venue, and, and yeah, like, yeah, obviously yeah. more than a decade later. But the way Hogan fucked over the Warrior was he just outworked him. Yeah, and like you left the building instead of being like the Ultimate Warrior one, you left the building thinking like fuck, like Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan is lost. so classy. Yeah, 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 lost. yeah, And then he tried to do that to the Rock, and the Rock just fucking like basically outworked him, and just how like yeah, 
That's one funny. thing. If you want to see like, if you want to see something like almost going into business for yourself, but without shooting, yeah, watch the end of that match where Hogan's beat and he's like, ah, oh, just the old dog can't get another trick or whatever. And then the Rock, and then the Ro- and then he tries to do the whole thing where the Rock gives him the stage, but in a very weird way, still kind of like, uh, I beat you and I'm cooler. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really, it's really good. But you don't have to. And then Hogan wanted his win back over Lesnar, did he not? He's like, yeah, but I got that back down the line. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, you're an 86 year old man in tie dye tights. Yeah, and it's know? also that's also what I think also set up his whole thing with Shawn Michaels is that he was like, I'm winning first, and then I'm not losing is a one of the backstage sort of conspiracy theories of why he did that. Um, was because of the whole Lesnar thing. Where he's like, I'm gonna win the belt back, and they're like, yeah. Well, they did give him the belt. Yeah, but I don't think he got it from Lesnar. No, he didn't get he didn't get it from Lesnar, but he did get one last run with that belt. Like, yeah, yeah, which is a great story. And the, the, oh, Hulk Hogan's a champion again. Like, yeah, whatever. but Lesnar's a great story. Lesnar's the one who beat him for it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. No, yeah, uh, all right, yeah. Let's look that up right now. Um, but yeah, uh, Lesnar over pushed. But here's the difference between him and a guy like Roman Reigns. WrestleMania like, 19. Let's talk. That was about. Are you going towards that point of? That's the main difference is that it you put him in with the ring with Kurt Angle, and they will have one of the most spectacular matches ever up until the end part where that he almost has dies. a tremendously horrible botch in it, and the guy is so fucking freakishly gifted, he's still able to f five a man who doesn't have a neck, protect him, and win the fucking match. I'll, he all right. I I just want to say this. He Kurt Angle f five himself. I remember watching that. I've watched it recently. Kurt Angle F5'd himself. Even still, it's fucking spectacular. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, the fact that he's not dead. Like, I remember watching that and, and being everyone, like... Oh, he's dead. Yeah, I remember. That's the first time I've ever seen someone die from a wrestling move. Like, he he came down on his neck. Yeah, he with lands on the top of his head. Fucking insane. It's fucking crazy that they did that. It's fucking crazy that they don't bring that up more. It's fucking crazy that Kurt Angle's the one with a neck injury. That was almost supposed to be Kurt Angle's last match, and the fucking guy's still wrestling. What are we, 14 years later? Yeah. he's. And the other thing about Lesnar that I want to point out that I think works better, we'll talk more. We'll talk about his second run. Uh, when after, we get on the break. other side of the break, yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing is, I think that works. I just want to say the thing I think that works better for Lesnar now than then is you look at Brock Lesnar's face now, and he's got a scary face. Whereas then, his baby face. Yeah, like yeah. really, like you're like, who is this ripped baby? He's also way. He was way younger. There was something in his about voice. Him. He has Tyson voice. And I think, I mean, this, all right. Consider the source. <laughs> I'm gonna give you on this one. But the thing that, and this happens with, I've seen, it, Tyson has the voice, obviously. Um, there's a couple other athletes who have this voice, but only really in, like, combat sports, like boxing, kickboxing, MMA, and pro wrestling, is when you start doing steroids from an early age, is that your voice kind of stays high-pitched like a kid. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so that's why, like, because Lesnar also, this is another conspiracy theory, but, like, keep this in mind, during one point in high school he gained like 70 pounds of muscle in a summer jesus fucking christ like it's just like he was probably like i'm really but people are like that i remember when, when, like it's a weird story but i went to school with a guy who was like 
very thin and like 160 pounds but could bench press 300 pounds and it was just like i think your muscles are going to happen one day and when you're there i don't when it happens i don't want to be there because you're not going to be able to fit in a room anymore the the muscles happen oh yeah those such fucking rippling fucking muscles <laughs> um okay so brock lesnar towards the end of his career he does have one spectacular match and one of the best giant bully beaten by the underdog which is eddie guerrero winning the wwe championship match at no eight out 2004 is textbook how do you put over little guy over big guy make it believable so that guy can be legitimately lesnar sorry lesnar i want to interrupt lesnar defeated the rock for the title lesnar defeated the rock for the title and the rock beat hogan for the title in the second montreal screw job that they did that they don't (laughs) talk about that was so bad they did so many Montreal Screwjobs. No, but this one they called this the next Montreal Screwjob. Like they hyped it that way. He all right. Here's how you think Roman Reigns was pushed a lot. Here's how fast Brock Lesnar won the title. It's within seven months. One hundred and twenty six days. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. That's like he won it at three months. He won it at SummerSlam. Yeah. Three months he wins the title. Yeah, he was the youngest champion ever, until Randy Orton beat that record. You know, move that was proved e- e- even more of a disaster. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's what, that was the thing. They were so pissed off at Lesnar because he didn't want to be addicted to pills anymore. What a pussy ass. That's not the only reason. He was also drinking a liter of vodka. His book is so crazy. Yeah, what happens when a gorilla gets drunk? Yeah, what what, what the fuck? That guy? I love you. I know. I said I fucking lo- give me back my throat. Give me back my throat. You have so, you're right, you've told this story on the podcast um I think upwards of four times, but let's hear it one last time. How we got back with Sable? How did Brock Lesnar So all right, let's do, can you please just enlighten us on Brock Lesnar's and Sable's romance, please? Ah, yeah, of course. There once was a lady named Rena Marrow who Rena who looked like if you just described who what a blind man must think a stripper by a, uh, a stripper looks like. That's what she looks like. If you just describe to someone who's never seen a woman, yeah, what a stripper would look like by personality, Sable's face would appear. Farmer dream woman. Yeah, smoky voiced fifty year old meets man who's never ever had anyone say no named Brock. He has another <laughs> wife who has he has a daughter with. Who in the book he's like I never really liked her, but whatever. Uh, has daughter with openly talks about in the book not talking to his daughter that book is spectacular because you have to understand it was written with paul Heyman. so whatever brock said was then given to paul Heyman, and paul Heyman obviously spruced it up for his friend so him being like <laughs> i never really talked to my daughter was like when her cunt's old enough i'll rip it out of her that cock <laughs> and he's like uh i guess i don't you don't really talk to her no paul <laughs> uh him and sable are dating for a while he's not having the most fun on the road Sable says, Brock, we're through. I'm breaking up with you. Brock goes, cool. Flies down to Florida and sits in her house. (laughs) (laughs) How does he get into her house? Does he have a key? Breaks in. I think there's something about he goes to the security guard at like the, like, oh God, the, like at the like gated, uh, gated neighborhood he lives in for our guys. And they let him in. Because again, have you ever seen a security guard like at, like one of these places and you're envisioning like oh i guess this i guess a big guy he brock was so big he scared another big guy 
he probably scared a guy who's five foot six and isn't aware he has diabetes yet. Yeah, he's scared like a guy this guy <laughs> took out his earbuds to hear the nine eleven conspiracy theory radio show, not podcast. He was yeah. listening to radio show. Excuse me, man, who looks like a bleached boulder? I'm listening to a little <laughs> gentleman named Alex Jones. How can I help you? <laughs> Brock wants he's able. Um, uh, Brock sat in her house. She came home. She called the police. This is also all spruced up. This again is in his book. This is his yeah sugar coated coke bottle vision story. This is what le- like Lesnar writes this. Then he passes it to Heyman, and then another ghostwriter. Yeah, and publishers. Publishers went well. Yeah, this will get by lawyers. Yeah. Uh, she comes home, and then he went. She wasn't happy at first, and she called the police. Then we talked it over. Now we've been happy ever since. What the fuck? Talked it over. I'm assuming it was like. You're going to come live with me or you're going to die. <laughs> like, it was just like keep in mind, he, he just li- he up until recently lived in a farm where you had to schedule when you talk to him because the phone was a mile away. Hey, he lives in Canada. He lives in Saskatchewan. He doesn't live in Saskatchewan anymore. He lives somewhere else. No, because he said his farm in Canada. On oh, is he th- back living in Saskatchewan? I No, he just said Canada. Like he uh, on uh, his interview where he announced uh he was fighting at UFC 200 um he it just said <laughs> in canada so yeah he lives in the woods as a, on a tractor he's obsessed with talking about sitting on a tractor his kids names are like duke miller light <laughs> oh yeah duke god damn you got to love a man who grew up then who grew up like was born like, in the seventies? Here's the thing, but thinks he was born in the eighteen seventies. Here's the thing like, to never forget about the newfangled cool names for the nineteen thirties. If you ever think Brock, Le- if the American dream is dead, look no further than Brock Lesnar. Mister Lesnar, what are you? Um, I'm a farm boy who can lift a tractor. You will be a millionaire. Please fight these four men. He. His exit from the Fed is considered one of the biggest fuck yous to that company ever. He said he had a pill problem, all that stuff, wanted to save his relationship with Rena Marrow. By the way, Rena Marrow, anytime she's been interviewed now, barely speaks and looks like she's in just fear of her life. Ugh. This is... I can't laugh at that. Like, and I actually don't think he abuses her. I think she's just like... Oh, I think it's... Me- no, you don't have to... All right. Please... I don't, sh- mean, to, I don't mean to get all... Uh, please don't let this man fuck me. Because <laughs> the power. It's like being fucked by a, a pallet of drywall. <laughs> yeah, he... And he's not, he's not got a good personality. He's not a... No one has ever been like, you know who's a nice guy? Brock Lesnar. All of the people that trained with him in OVW were like, he's such a dick. Jim Cornette threatened to shoot him in the face because he was in a match with Jim Cornette's wife. Jim Cornette's wife has a pierced clit. Ugh. And Brock Lesnar kept being like, I'm going to squeeze when I put you up in the gorilla press. And she oh. was like, could you not? He did. Oh. And then she went back like crying, being like, he didn't protect me. He didn't protect me. Jim Cornette just went, let me tell you, you fucking cunt. I will not fight you. I will fucking shoot you. Because <laughs> John Laurinaitis called um, Jim Cornette the next day and said, Jim, did you threaten to shoot Brock Lesnar? <laughs> <laughs> Again, Jim Cornette's side of the story. Of course I told Johnny Ace, yes I did, you fucking cunt. <laughs> I love Jim Cornette. How anyone can't love Jim Cornette, I'll never know. 
Isn't it interesting though that both the guys who Paul Heyman is the big who was the big uh, advocato? Yeah, for uh, Punk and Lesnar, both were like, "I don't like this. I'm leaving." Yeah, they were like you have a contract. He's like, "To pro wrestle, yes, but not for life." So bye bye. Like I love that these both these guys are such individuals. They're like, "I don't like this. I'm done." Like as much as you can say about Rock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, there are bad things you could say about Brock Lesnar, uh, some of which, uh, since you pointed out how Sable interviews now, I legitimately... That made me very sad inside. Yeah. Um, but one thing There's that one, I, one thing that's a great way a human being should live is like, I don't like this, I'm done, actually. Because, yeah, vodka bottle a day, pill addiction, and he, he gave an interview where he talked about how, like, everyone chanted, you sold out at him, and he's like, well, I was really selling out to, I was like selling out to myself because I a what I didn't like what was happening anymore. B um, isn't selling out doing something you hate for money, which is exactly what I was doing. So he's like, well, I'm just gonna not be a wrestler for a bit and try and like he really is like a carny because he's like he lives his life like you did athletes athletes did in the like 30s and 40s, yeah. where you're so much above everyone else that you can just switch from thing to thing like people don't do that anymore there's no Deion sanders there's no bo jackson there's like there's only now in the last 20 years it sounds weird to say there's only brock lesnar a guy who's like oh, i didn't make football maybe i'll try ufc oh i didn't uh you know uh oh uh, i don't, don't really like it i'm not good at ufc anymore because i'm sick uh, i'll go back to wrestling but not full-time i'm gonna be like i'm Gonna work an MMA fighter, essentially the MMA fighter schedule. Well, it's also before he even became the MMA. Uh, he did went to MMA, but in between the football thing, he then went to New Japan. Like he didn't. It wasn't like he stopped wrestling. He just didn't. Yeah, like he how went they to wrestled. New Japan. Yeah, he went to New Japan and also had a contract. Like the them. schedule. Like the yeah. schedule is a problem for a lot of guys, right? Schedule is a problem for a lot of guys. It's also, and I will see this point: the way and the impact and the way he is used is so much better if he's a sometimes around guy. Everyone's better as a sometimes around guy, though. But he especially, when he was the champion and he was coming around occasionally, was at least a strategy and was at least interesting. And they it was the last time they protected someone, for fuck's sake. 100%. Fucking really enjoyed it. Let's it's, take a, it's very interesting. I want to say this before, though. Uh, the quick break, and then we will talk about uh, Brock Lesnar's Chapter 2. Oh, well, yeah, well, then we'll after this. But I want to say... Um, Another thing, a reason why I think they ha- hated him, and this is just kind of like the icing on the cake, is Goldberg was leaving, and they all hated Goldberg, right? Oh, yeah. So and they want Goldberg this. to go out on his back, and up until then, they're like, yeah, Lesnar's going to beat him, and then what's Goldberg going to do? Like, is Bro- is Goldberg going to shoot on Brock Lesnar? Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. he's going to get murdered. So then Lesnar leaves, and it's kind of like... We just lost our golden boy that we've put two years into. Two years in, and he's beaten everyone. Yeah. He's fucking beaten everyone, and we don't even get to, like, kind of kick the another one of the faces in WCW. So they yeah. put Austin as a referee, and he stuns everybody, and uh, Uncle Beer Belly gets another bash. Who's the uh, Who won that match? Colbert. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is that they hated Lesnar more, so they got Goldberg to win. That's the worst. That match is so bad. It's so awful, and they're talking about with the 2K video game, it's been pitched like maybe Goldberg's coming back because if you notice in the 2K, yeah. the 2K ad, the first 2K ad, he Goldberg passes a sign when he's in the back of the car labeled Suplex City, 
Does he really? Yeah, it says Suplex City and then like a certain amount of miles. So, I mean, if that's a tease for something, that's fucking sick. Like, that's great. That's a great way to tease well, it. It's a great point is that the last four guys that they've made the face of that commercial have returned to the Fed. Yeah. Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior, Sting, me, Goldberg. Sting. Who was it last year? Dylan Gott. Was Sting last year or was it... Um, I think it was Sting last year. Or was it Austin last year? Austin was also a lot... Austin was on the actual game, but it was... No, but Austin was, was Dylan one of the... Gott was or the Sting. <laughs> it wasn't you. Let's take a break. It was me. Hello, this is Dylan Gott and... John Hastings. And sorry to interrupt Dylan Gott. And John Hastings. From talking about wrestling. But right now we need to ask you to rate... Subscribe. And review... The Wrestler Review. On iTunes. It really helps us out. We do this podcast for free. We have, we've we been so lazy we haven't even set up one of those PayPal things. Not only that, we won't set up PayPal things because wrestling fans have integrity. And, and no money. And no money. No fucking mm-hmm. money. But what we do have is uh, existence on this plane. So please let us know that you're out there. Email us at wrestlerreview at gmail.com. Like us on Twitter. The Wrestler Review. Follow us on Instagram. At Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. And um, now back to an episode that's going incredibly well. Dylan, we're back, and I remember just to fucking keep it one track. Mm, mm. Dylan, we're back, and it's all one track. Dylan, we're yo, back, yo, and yo. it's all, all one right. track. So here's what I want to say. Dylan, play the interview for everyone. I know we end with There's promos. no interview. This is just, all right, this is a quote from a... <laughs> this is a quote from Brock Lesnar ESPN interview when he first got into the Ultimate Fighting Championships where they asked him about... So he, they come to Brock Lesnar's, like, compound when he first came up with the fact that he nev- he didn't... Want he wanted to live like an insane person, not an insane person, just like an old coot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they come up. Brock Lesnar, the guy who comes to interview, he's like, "You from the magazine?" And then the guy goes, "Yeah." And Brock Lesnar's on a four wheeler, and he's like, "Well, first thing, I don't like gays. Write that down in your little notebook." And then he goes, <laughs> and then he speeds off, and then Rena's like. Well, I suppose you'd like some tea. <laughs> and she's, I'm assuming, shaking. <laughs> Here's what I do. Whatever I want. Like, it must be great to be Brock Lesnar. Like, I've always thought about this, about just, like, getting to, a, a, like, a size where you could just walk into someone's house. You're like, I like this house. This is my house now. Yeah. Brock Lesnar's the only person who'd be like, I think this is my house now. And people, <laughs> um, No, I paid for this. Like, uh, there's laws. He's like... No laws. I'm Brock. I'm, I'm Brock Lesnar. This is how I know Brock Lesnar. Suplex gonna City. He's gonna he's gonna turn fifty, no. and be slightly weaker, or also known as still as strong as you and I combined. Yeah. And he's just gonna mess with the wrong fucking Kimasabi, and he's gonna get shot in the face. <laughs> like Brock Lesnar, a not gonna see seventy. B not gonna die in a way that is sad it will be like impressive like can you imagine being on steroids and farmer strength because i don't know this is maybe this is like maybe this is it's very canadian. i don't know if this is a very canadian thing is it very canadian it i is. it's not i don't think it's canadian because Brock, brock's from north dakota and everyone talks about farmer strength maybe it's more of a north american thing it's a north american farmer strength is like crazy we just, you yeah. and I are obsessed with rural canadian shitheads because that's who our friends are back home yeah and that we all have that guy i have that friend my friend fucking Let's call him Jamie, who's a fucking Newfoundlander, Jamie backwoods Lannister, nutcase, who like Fox has yelled has yelled things like, 
yo, you want to have a threesome? And then <laughs> fought a bouncer. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like my uh, my stepdad's like that where he tells a story where a guy bumped his truck. <laughs> so then he beat the shit out of the guy and on the backswing ruined the truck. Like it, he bumped the guy's truck and he's like, and he just basically the story, he's like, and the funny thing is the only reason I fought him it's because he looked like a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, just like, that fucking asshole's standing near my truck. Now my truck's going to smell like shit. I better beat the shit out of him and ruin the truck. Yeah. It's just this thing where you can, like, where you just don't... You see a guy, and he looks kind of big, and you think, that man's dressed down considerably. If you try and fight that guy, he'll beat up your whole family, and then... Your people you love will be his uh, hobbies now. There's <laughs> a couple of things that I didn't know about Brock Lesnar until I just... Also, his parents' names, Stephanie and Richard Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, yeah, you yeah. can't find photos of them anywhere on the internet. You can just find photos of Brock Lesnar as a child. Or you can't even find photos of Brock Lesnar as a child. You can just find like a few of them as like him as a younger wrestling man. Um... And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about what was what's more in that interview where he, do, he I don't think he's read. And then he just talked about, yeah, I'm training really hard. Like the rest of it's a boring interview. It's just like, I don't like gays. Write that down. And you're in the apologize for terrifying. The one there, they go through his training regime and then it shows him and, uh, Sable walking around the grounds and she's just like. Um, I have a cell phone, but Brock doesn't like that I have it. He goes, I don't like those things. I don't like them at all. And you're like, who the fuck are you, man? Yeah. He's, I understand not liking cell phones, I guess, but it's just, it's the whole aura of like, oh, that'd be a quirky, like the way Brock Lesnar looks and the way he is really, it just takes on a different like stature when you're talking about it. It's like when Brock Lesnar says he doesn't like something, you're like, well, I guess if he's, that thing happens to be around him, he'll uh, destroy the whole world if he thinks it sees it fit. But let's talk about let's talk about him leaving WWE and t- going. So he goes, tries out for the Vikings, doesn't make it. Goes to Here's New Japan, no, no, fucks no, no. over New Japan. Oh, does he? Well, he basically asked for all he asked for all the money, and then they signed under that contract, and then they have to. He doesn't want a job to any uh, of their wrestlers, so they bring over Kurt Angle to beat him. Yeah. And what's, like, obviously a good match. Just luckily enough, Kurt Angle's in TNA at the time, so they can make Kurt Angle the champion and then have Kurt Angle job. Kurt Angle comes on, and that's the point in TNA where they were like, Kurt Angle has every single belt. And they did that really cool pay-per-view where he only lost the X Division title. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, so he fucks them over for a ton of money. Well, no, 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 no. That's in the book, too. The story is, and it's everyone sort of corroborate, which is they signed a bad deal. His amount of money he was to be paid per show was so crazy, and they were in bad financial ruins at that time. And they're like, we, and it was something like 21000 American that he just got. They didn't have the money to pay him, so he's like, I'm not getting on the airplane until you pay me that money. So then they were just like, ah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then they brought over Kurt Angle to try and make the money. Blah, 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 blah. Is that correct? Because he eventually did job to Kurt Angle, right? Yes. And he also had, like, I think the, the stupidest ring gear of all time. With the red. The uh, kick pad with no knee pad? Yeah, it's weird. What the 
fuck up out of here, baby. Um, also, I want to say about later can in we his... also just quickly talk about the fact that he tried out for the Minnesota Vikings never playing football and nearly made the team? Nearly made... He, he made yeah, he made the practice squad. It's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, he was... Uh, he ran a 4-6 or something like yeah. that? Yeah. That's insane. But also, it's f- football. So they were like... He was on those pro wrestling steroids. <laughs> And football people were like, you're still on that? You know the stuff Ivan Drago takes in Rocky? I do that stuff every 10 minutes. Yeah. I'm married and I got five kids. I don't know their names because my short-term memory is just, fuck you. (laughs) All I know is football, hitting, and women equal nice, nice. (laughs) <laughs> Here's what you need to know about me, Lightning Bill, which is a nickname I just gave my dick. <laughs> Cock, let me touch it. You're in a man's game. This is how you win in a man's game. You wake up. You literally eat a cow. <laughs> a doctor comes in who is not a doctor. He injects your butt with things that make you go, Ugh! you do cocaine. You punch a brick. This white man in a windbreaker tells you to run wind sprints. You do that for four hours. Do you drink water? No, because you don't piss unless it's blood. Then you hit a wall with your shoulder. Then it's lunchtime. You just eat pussy. Then <laughs> in the afternoon, guess what you do? You call the Oakland Raiders Gaylords because they are. Then you run more. Then it's dinner time. Guess what's for dinner? It's your ass. <laughs> he, I think that, yeah, he's one of the craziest natural athletes so, and one thing we didn't talk about in the oh, first he part that we should have, that we should have, is, and this is kind of why, because I said Brock was kind of forecasting he beat the Hardys in the t- for titles. Uh, he won the title in like four months after coming in. He beats all these guys who's no one's beaten in forever. Does it way too soon? Mm. And you don't. It's it's too much too soon for him. Like. And not wrestling wise, because he did adjust to like the thing is with Kurt it wasn't Angle, like, we say a Kurt a Ken Shamrock where he couldn't adjust just to the style. He absolutely could adjust. He to was a he was yeah. a very fucking good wrestler by the end of it, and I think he got it. I as he basically gets wrestling as quickly as Kurt Angle, not the personality part, but definitely the actual like bits and bolts of wrestling. Um, absolutely, and that's but people w- don't give him the credit because he gets pushed so hard, so it's like a fucking Roman Reigns thing. And if you think about the way they've done the Roman Reigns, it's been so much slower than they did Brock. Um, but but uh, here's the, the closest thing to Brock, I guess, would be Bobby Lashley. But they put him with Heyman, which is something they don't really do, where they adjust to his weakness. Yeah, because he can't do promos. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Ro- like Roman Reigns, for what we do, we talk about him now, if he had somehow had a babyface manager who could get, like... Who had sympathy and heat on their and some sympathy and shit, and Roman Reigns was always saving them, and he could do a really good promo. Then people would like Roman Reigns a ton of shit more. But they could fucking put a thousand put put Zack Ryder with Roman Reigns. Well, they tried that with fucking Cena. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Put him with someone that can talk and make him the manager. That's all you have to do. It's not fucking difficult. Yeah, shake it for me, baby. Put him with Dylan Cock. (laughs) Is he in town? Oh yeah. Um. So they adjust to him, and then. He goes to the UFC. This is not a UFC podcast, but he... It's important to make Sorry for yawning. It's important He to does his best press li- fucking wrestling promos in the UFC. He did, What made his second act in the Fed was him being in the UFC. No, I just mean like the promo work he did 
where people are like, this guy's a fucking pro wrestler. Like, look how good he talks. And then you kind of have to show him. It's funny when you so UFC fans because they were like, oh, this guy's a pro wrestler. Look how he's talking. Like, he's just selling it like pro wrestling. And they didn't watch oh, yeah, wrestling. Oh, yeah, because Shale never did that. But you look at, you look at, and then you would show these people. I remember I did this specifically. I showed them a Brock Lesnar promo from wrestling. And I was like, he's not that good at this. Like, no, he's just saying absolutely shit. Absolutely not. He's just saying shit he believes. Like, the can you see me now thing. The fucking cool. I'm going to have a Coors Light because Bud Light sucks. And I'm going to go lay on my, my wife. wife. And it's just like. Sable's so scared in that ring, just <laughs> knowing now I have to fuck the man. I'd believe it if they slept in separate rooms and she just had a knock and she's like, <gasps> <laughs> like pleasure, <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> he just screams, bottom out, bottom out. And I assume that Brock Lesnar thinks Game of Thrones is a documentary about his home life. Yeah. Just like he's the mountain. And then you fuck and then they leave. And then you eat the meat at <laughs> the table with no lights. <laughs> it, it's fucking insane. What's that, Sable? A DVD? No DVD! <laughs> you watch Brock chase bear. Brock fuck bear, not kill. Yeah. You look at bear again, it's my butler. Yeah, what's that noise? Oh, that's your son Duke crying. He's gay? <laughs> <laughs> How do bro- how do bears get trained for the circus? Brock Lesnar catches and fucks them. <laughs> they have a level of shame that they'll choose to ride the bike. Because they think they can get away from him that way. They can't. Um, I'll tell you this. That guy just, he just takes it. Joe Rogan once said that talking to Brock Lesnar like one-on-one and he puts his hand on your shoulder, he's like, it's something you feel for days later because you're like, <laughs> oh, this could go any way at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and Joe Rogan saying that too, who's like, if you ever listen to Joe Rogan podcast, he's like, here's the thing about being an alpha male. Yeah. You have to go into the woods do. and then you kill a sparrow and then you eat it because that's what it's like to be a Do you know the about earth. the universe? Because I've listened to a guy talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson so I know a lot about it. Transcendental meditation! Anyway, so here's the thing with Brock and the UFC. That also, an also amazing I want to say this. If you guys are under... I'm going to say under... If you're in your teen years and you're listening to this and you haven't smoked a joint, go pause, smoke this joint now because you're at risk of being Joe Rogan where you get high for the first time in your 30 <laughs> and it changes your life. If you don't get high in your teen years, it's like if you don't have sex in your teen years. I know this because I didn't, <laughs> but you just you just are that weirdo for the rest of your life. So I completely disagree with Dylan. Dylan is not that weirdo. But here's the newsflash: Dylan is on what I like to, has just exited what I like to call the stride. <laughs> okay, which is where he takes a walk through the gates of Fuck City and he stops at every fruit stand that's got a for sale sign. Much like Brock Lesnar, there on the ground, and I say. Fuck city, bitch! And then I apologize because they we just had a very nice evening. Yeah. Um, Brock Lesnar also got diverticulitis because he ate nothing but meat for his entire life, <laughs> and they had to cut out his fucking intestines. And because he's Brock Lesnar, did he say, "Oh, it's a medical condition"? No, he criticized the Canadian healthcare system. <laughs> well, the wait times. Uh, he came back and uh, came back. Won his? Did he win his return fight and then lost? He won his return fight. Uh, and then he lost twice by 
via like after he had diverticulitis, he came back and he just got beaten up by people who know what to do. Yeah, because it was Overeem was the, the the last guy he's lost to. Yeah, he left from that. There was a lot of speculation of whether or not he would return. He returns to the Fed, not at WrestleMania, like they fucking should have done. No, that there's zero bad things they did. Absolutely bad thing. No, yes. him coming back with the Cena promo. Now, that fucking pop was amazing. That pop was amazing. But here's the fucking thing. It would have... If they had, had him come back at WrestleMania, that would solidify... You have to watch WrestleMania, not you have to watch the Raw after WrestleMania. But that's just not how they booked it at that time. Uh, yes, but they were building Since towards the Since the Fed gets the all the money from the network now, and Brock is... I think someone said this too. The way they booked Brock is, after the, the streak. First, he's the first network's. Uh, yeah, first, he's the first network champion. Yeah, yeah. You only see him on the network. You have to. See, you have to buy that network to see Barack Lesnar. Uh, it comes back. Amazing pop. Uh, F5s. And again, they're booking Brock Lesnar like Brock Lesnar is the cocky returning champion, not the way that the fans immediately took to him being like, "Holy fuck, this guy from the real thing is back." Yeah, finally it's back, and that kind of proves i think that kind of proves that i heard it said that you can't do a goldberg lesnar match because it's like people just, hate lesnar now or sorry hated goldberg they hated that match the reminder of the match and all that stuff but it that pop to me proves that you can have you absolutely could do that match the difference is that you have to actually have the match not wrestling just. fans love nothing more than the thing they haven't seen for a while yeah which is why i think and this is going to be a grandiose thing and i don't and i okay if you just bowl over it because it's not about lesnar but i think that everyone should not exactly work a brock lesnar schedule but i think that style of booking it is very important where give a guy three months off like if you have john cena on like, John Cena still got a big pop at that Rumble where he was a surprise and everyone fucking hated him and he was in New York. Um, I totally agree. It's a little thing called, I can't miss you unless you go away. It's so important for people to Yeah, wrestling doesn't have an off-season, so no. you just have to give them an off-season. And you just have to... That's And they would do that all the time. Injure a fucking guy for a minute. Have him knock, and then suddenly he comes back and, oh, he's back. Yeah, exactly. If a guy takes... Yeah, if a guy takes three finishing moves in a row... Then whatever that dude's finishing move did to him, he's now out for three months. Or like, how hard is it to have a guy be like, "Um, oh, that match was so hard on him that he has to go into seclusion and discover who he is again, or something." Hard on him. Hard on you. <laughs> hard in me. Give me something hard in my butt. Um, let me say this very quickly and positive. It's just nice to talk about Lesnar because. We can literally rhyme off all the matches he's had since he's been back, right? Yeah. Cena. He loses to Cena. Which was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was definitely a mistake. Um, You can still have him do the back and forth match with Cena, but he has to go over. He had to go over first. He's just come back. but a can... great match, too. It's a waste of a great match. And it was a great match. That was a great match. All of his matches are good. Uh, the Triple H beating him at fucking WrestleMania was such horse shit. I want to know why that happened, though, because the thing they were doing with Cena at that time was very interesting, where it was like, I, The Rock, losing The Rock fucked me. Like, I can't. I don't know what to do. Like, so we lose The Rock, lose to Lesnar, and then all you have John Cena not doing the MVP gimmick. 
where he loses every week and making him a clown. Yeah. But like you have Lesnar do like you have him do a thing where he has to like maybe he loses to maybe he beats another guy and then he loses to a, a guy again where you put another guy over being like maybe John Cena maybe John Cena's past his prime maybe that took something out of him or something. You also know. can do a thing where Brock Lesnar is the cocky villain and say I'm not going to I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you, John. You fucking got beat by the Rock. Well, yeah. What, what makes you think you deserve to be in the ring with? Like, the thing with that the Federation, the Fed does terribly, is delay gratification. Brock's back. Yeah, put three him hours every week, though, dude. I understand, but you can have, you can chase it. Yeah. Cena, you don't deserve to fight me. I'm not signing the contract until you fight ten guys of Paul's choosing. And yeah, but I think that, and in a th- I think the direct way they did it was fine, where it's like. Brock, Les- I, Brock Lesnar's back at uh, Brock Lesnar's back at Backlash or whatever. He's fighting John Cena. Um, Cena loses. Oh my God! What is it? Lesnar goes away for a bit, and then Lesnar has moving on. I'm moving on to bigger and better than John Cena. I'm fighting uh, whoever now uh, beats them, beats everybody. Like if if le- here's the thing that the streak match had it was a great. Like a fucking amazing surprise. And if you watch the match again, knowing and the story they had told, here's what no one talks about, I think, with the streak was the story they had told in the WrestleManias leading up to it with the two Triple H ones, where it's like Triple he beats Triple H for the second time at Mania and he can't walk away. Yeah. And he's like, that's a loss because I couldn't walk away. Like I was laid out. And then he does it again and can't walk away. So you're already telling the story of this dude's getting older. And then Lesnar just beats beats him fucking down oh. for so long. And the look, and you know, I watched the match again recently, so the look he gives, you know, someone breaks up the tombstone and he gives that look a shock? Yeah. The look he gives in that match is, oh, shit, like I'm not going to win. And then, yeah. he, and then he ends up losing. But if you have, Bro- and I know it's been said a thousand times, so I'm so sorry, guys, but if you have Brock beat everybody leading up to that match, then it's fantastic. Like, yeah. then it's like, Oh, the streak is in danger because how's the Undertaker gonna beat this fucking real champion? Also, here's the amazing thing about that the streak losing match. Up until the moment he loses the the match goes Brock Lesnar's way, it's a tremendously bad match. Partly because everyone's going, Brock Lesnar's just gonna beat the fuck out of him and he's gonna steal a win. And yeah. then Brock just beats him. Yeah. And it was so Because there was no drama left. At Mania for an Undertaker match, it's like I talked about. It's like I talked about in the Shamrock episode with the fucking. Uh, that's why I like the Kurt Angle match better than the uh, Kurt Angle Michaels match better than the Undertaker Michaels matches because I'm you watching know, these matches you know, you know and I'm not ever believing that the Undertaker is going to lose to Shawn. There's Michaels. part of me that never wanted the streak to end because I liked the streak and I liked that being part of the presentation. I d- I think, but they've gotten so much out of the streak ending. But that's the thing is they had to end it. They were going to end it no matter what. I think this was the best possible scenario to do it. Because A, it's a reboot of Brock Lesnar completely. B, you have now have the streak essentially happening four times a year with how many times Brock wrestles. Yeah, where you've it's switched the, special, thing. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. special guy. You If you give it, like if the streak ends... Like, I heard people say, like, the streak should have ended with, like, Ambrose or Roman Reigns or someone new. If no. You, That's fucking dumb. Then why should it, why didn't it end with Randy Orton? Because you can't have a guy every week beat the streak. 
And I think that's the brilliance of having Lesnar win it. Exactly. You, you have to have a special person. An, an yeah. absolutely special person that just Not a special person, but like a special character, a guy you only bring out. Like if Dean Ambrose wrestled four times a year, then Dean Ambrose is special, and yeah, he can beat the streak. But, but it's also one of those things where it's like, who beat The Undertaker? Because The Undertaker is so recognizable. It's this guy. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Brock Lesnar beating anybody makes sense. Um, and the fucking and promo they, work. And Brock Lesnar, smart guy, like one of the smartest guys to get into pro wrestling, oddly enough, looking that he looks like, like you said, a caveman boulder, is that he does that. I think it was like the first promo back where he's in the ring with, I think, was it Cena? and Cena, and he does 15 minutes and it's bad. And, and he then walks, he's like, he walks back and he goes like, get me Paul Heyman. Yeah, call Paul. And they did not want to bring Paul back at all. Because they fucking hated him, and he fucking hated them right back. And who knows how much money they paid him. But there comes Paul Heyman. And after the streak, best use of Paul Heyman ever, walk that fucking guy out there and have him say, my client Brock Lesnar beat The Undertaker and ended his streak. And holy fuck, did everyone just go, we fucking get it. Oh, my God. Like eight fucking t-shirts. You just give Paul Heyman. He could get me over as a monster. Like, great. Eat, sleep, conquer, repeat t-shirt. I am the one in twenty one and one. Suplex City was Lesnar. Yeah. But like fucking Christ. What an amazing and you don't and the thing that's so understated about Lesnar when people say all oh, his promos are bad. His the way they did the sit down stuff, the UFC style promos great. He were can great. Do that. He can do that great. Um and the winks he gives, like the like after I think after he beats Taker and he's just smirking and smiling and yeah. Paul's doing that huge long promo and then he just turns to the camera and winks. It's like, fuck, what a great pro wrestler. Well, he plays a character that again he's playing a Paul Heyman character because yeah. Paul Heyman likes three characters: brooding dark guy, no four, pardon me, brooding dark guy. Okay. Right, and it's all ECW characters he continually ma- remakes: brooding dark guy, Raven. Yeah. MMA guy, Taz. Uh, Taz. Icon, yeah, dreamer, dr- uh, dreamer, funk, Sandman, all mm-hmm. those guys. Um, captain of the football team, Dick, and that's what Lesnar is. Lesnar is the ultimate jock, gonna win. Sh- all four, he's all four, yeah. Yeah, he's no, he's the final one. He's he's captain of the football team. He's Shane Douglas. He's Shane Douglas that can back it up, and it's fucking amazing. No, 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 no. He, I, I'd argue that he's all four. He's a combination of all four. But he's an icon because he's the only UFC champion, champion in the WWE yeah. that's ever done that. Like Shamrock was there, but they didn't treat Shamrock. No, they talked about last reverence. He's the jock who knows he's going to win, and he's the icon because of what? Like he's the best legitimate athlete to ever play to ever be a professional wrestler for Absolutely. an extended period of time. And uh, he sort of is brooding dark guy because the goddamn motherfucker doesn't have a phone. Okay, let me also say this. I mean, the thir- the dark guy thing, I'm absolutely wrong about. But he's three. He's two of the four easily. You could stretch to a third. Um, the from the streak up until the next year's WrestleMania, best use of Brock Lesnar ever. That John Cena match at SummerSlam was so fucking good. I watched it with my friend Troy, who's a UFC fan and hates pro wrestling, and he sat down and watched that. And kept being like, because A, he was like, holy shit, it's Brock Lesnar. That's where he is. And then watched him fucking decimate John Cena and kept being like, well, of course Brock Lesnar's doing this to John Cena, this guy. This guy's wearing fucking shorts. Why would you yeah, wear yeah, shorts? Yeah, why would you wear jorts? Yeah, you're wearing jorts to a match. with like, And he kept being like, this is awesome. It's great. It's just nice to see someone just beat the fuck out of someone. Like, And it was a really nice sort of telling of that story. 
all the way to WrestleMania 31, and the best way to get a belt off someone and keep them strong. Great. Money oh. in the bank, pin Roman Reigns. Fucking amazing. I really like, I really like how uh, good. Like, here's something I think that's understated because John Cena shoved down our throats so much. Is how good his first match with Lesnar was, and his second match. Like, props to John Cena for just fucking going out there and be like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm laying down, I'm dying here." And the story of the match was so great. He hits that at five, and then he just knows it's over. Like yeah. so, I mean, so good, man. Do you um, know? Do you know what the original plan for that match was? Who no. was supposed to be John Cena? Oh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah. That match would have been uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, it would have been very. I think it, it would have been really awful because, um, I don't think that you would have gotten the Brock Lesnar is a great is like a monster face no he would out have of it he would have, he would have been a no but he would have been a huge heel and they would have kind of been like fuck you you're gonna fucking shit a cell phone yeah um you're gonna fucking put this dude it would have been the whole why are you putting this part-timer another instance of you putting a part-timer over super strong over a guy we see every week we love daniel bryan yeah like you're beating up our dad as opposed to Everyone's like, stepdad. Yeah, I would love if they fucking. <laughs> this guy fucks my mom, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, I would love if they smash the fuck out of this guy, and they're like, "Oh, we did it!" Fine, because it's years of, and I've heard it said like one of my friends watched that match, knowing what happens after the after the fact, and said, "All oh, this match sucks." He's just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah, but. The whole time you're watching that match, like I remember when I watched that match, I watched that match at an airport, and I was like muttering to myself. I was at headphones, just going like, "They're not really gonna do it. Like they're they're not just gonna have him like Saturday morning superstars Adam Bomb versus Terry the Plumber yeah. stomp this dude, but for 20 minutes on a pay per view, and then they did it, and it's absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely great risk taking for that company to do that. Um, it was spectacular. Best thing about Brock Lesnar, Dilly. Best thing, wow, that's a, there's so many, so many good things about Brock Lesnar. I got I got it in a fucking nailed. All right, you do yours and I'll try and think F5. of it. F5. Okay. Because it is a amazing finish. And I didn't like the F5 when I first saw it. I, I will throw that. I like the F5 because it's the only move where you're like, this guy's fucking finish is this. And he's the only guy who can do it to everyone. He's done it to the fucking big show. Over and over again. But he loves doing it to the big show. It's his favorite thing in the world. He, uh, yeah, the F5 is he's great. He's done it to Yokozuna's casket. <laughs> he's done it to a shark. And I can't figure out what the fuck that was for. Oh, SummerSlam. Oh, it was the SummerSlam video? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, when he F5'd a shark. Um, all right, so Brock Lesnar. Best thing about Brock Lesnar, I'll say. And it's also a move that no one else will be ever able to do. They're not going to be able to give it to someone else. They did, though. Who? Matt Morgan. When Matt Morgan first came in and he was Brock Lesnar, Bubba Ray Dudley, when he had a stutter, but he still had five people. Oh, I don't remember. I was probably not watching Matt that. Morgan was yet another one of these guys where they came in and he was like, he's a superstar. And then they were like, how about he stutters? They're like, okay, cool. Well, you've just cut the legs out of a guy who's legit. Like, legitimately, he was seven feet and 300 pounds and they just cut the fucking legs out of other. Another one of. That's the difference, I suppose, between being Jim Cornette's favorite versus Paul Heyman's favorite, yeah. where Paul Heyman will, like, knows how to play the game good enough. That whereas everyone's like, like no, oh, no, Jim no, Cornette no. likes this guy? Well, fuck that little piece of shit, you yeah. know? 
Um, and uh, I guess best thing about Brock Lesnar, I mean, amongst many, I'm missing many, many things, but I will say legitimate athleticism. He is a guy who even now, even now that you have pro wrestling in a place where everyone knows it's fake, everyone's known it's fake. Like and people have said it's fake in public for fucking upwards of twenty years now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy you can really build. You can really be like that guy's our champion. He can actually beat people up. Like he's an actually, he's actually a champion you can put on TV and people be like, fuck, I wouldn't want to see that guy in a back. You know what I mean? That type of thing. He's great. He's great like that. Uh, and he's very and he's special and he's made himself special. So I guess best thing is legitimate uh athleticism. And uh, how smart he is uh, protecting himself. Worst thing. Worst thing. His 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 outfit now. His boots. Those boots. I would agree. The boots with the shorts. Yeah, he looks like a guy. The gloves to say Lesnar are the greatest thing. I wish I had gloves that said got. Like, <laughs> not just MMA gloves. Just gloves or a hat that said got. Um, but the boots and the thing, I mean, with how good he, like, he's so good that I, remember when I saw that first thing, they were like, here's what Brock Lesnar's gonna wear, and I was like, ugh, he looks like a fucking weird jobber, like. No, he looks like a guy who just finished moving. <laughs> uh, I would say the worst thing about Brock Lesnar, not a good promo, but. Yeah, that's smart, smart enough to cover it up. Dylan, we gotta go, overrun episode. This week, instead of doing a Brock Lesnar promo, uh, I will be playing a Paul Heyman promo from when Brock beat the streak. I want you to By know I'm against that. I want you to do uh, a Paul Heyman promo from when Tommy Dreamer debuted. Done. In WCW. That never happened. Bye-bye. Yep, it did. Bye. My name is Paul Heyman. And it is the greatest privilege of my career to serve as the advocate for the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar! The conqueror of the Undertaker's Street. A streak that lasted nearly a quarter of a century. A quarter of a century that ended in three seconds at the hands of the conqueror, Brock Lesnar. I understand how you feel. You're in shock, which shows me your lack of intelligence because we hate to say we told you so, but ladies and gentlemen, we told you so! My client stood before you with a shirt. Now, here it is. I know how difficult it is for you to read, but it says, eat, sleep, break the street. And you had the temerity to doubt the strategy of the greatest manager in sports entertainment history, Paul Heyman, or the physical credentials of the most dominant athlete in WWE ever, Brock Lesnar. Hey, let's get one thing straight. Brock Lesnar is not here to put smiles on people's faces. 
Brock Lesnar is here to shock the WWE Universe and put tears in the eyes of children. But now that you know all the headlines, let's go a little bit off page and shoot from the hip, shall we? Five seconds after walking through the curtain at WrestleMania, The Undertaker collapsed. And as all the, oh, I know you don't want to hear this story, do you? It's a little too real for you. So as all the paramedics and the doctors are panicking and there's chaos backstage, the most ruthless man that's ever had the pleasure of meeting me, the chairman of the board, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, left WrestleMania and rode to the hospital with The Undertaker. The Undertaker is being treated today for a severe concussion. He came this close to a broken neck this close to a cracked skull. And the greatest thing The Undertaker ever did was not getting his shoulder up on that third F5 because if he did, he would have had a broken neck. Brock Lesnar would have cracked his skull. Brock Lesnar was prepared to beat on The Undertaker to such a degree that the complexion of this television show would have changed tonight because Brock wasn't done until the streak was dead. Here's what really gets to me. When the match was over, John Bradshaw Layfield and those two other things that call themselves announcers stood up and gave a standing ovation along with 80,000 other people in the Superdome, Superdome Hogan, not Silverdome, and gave a standing ovation to The Undertaker, gave a standing ovation to the guy that lost the fight. Here's what I don't understand. Brock Lesnar always taught me in every fight there's a winner and a loser. Well, last night, The Undertaker was a loser! And the winner, whether you like it or not, was Brock Lesnar! But since this is supposed to be the wildest crowd of the year, you should all feel empowered because each and every single one of you is exactly like every single member of that WWE locker room. You're all a bunch of wannabes.
When Brock Lesnar walked through that curtain last night, nobody gave him a standing ovation. Everybody looked down. Do you know why? Because nobody respected Brock Lesnar, which is fine for Brock because Brock respects nobody. He barely tolerates me, and he certainly doesn't respect someone who's gonna fly in from around the world to sit here on the Monday after WrestleMania trying to get noticed on Worldwide TV. So notice this, okay? There's a lot of people in the back who sit there and say, I could have been the one to jump from the ring to the octagon, but Daniel Bryan never fought in an octagon. John Cena never fought in an octagon. The Undertaker never fought in an octagon. You know why? They're all wannabes. Brock Lesnar is the one. There's a lot of people who wanted to be the NCAA Division I Heavyweight Champion, the Ultimate Fighting Champion, the undisputed WWE Heavyweight Champion. The Rock never pulled that off. Hulk Hogan never pulled that off. Stone Cold Steve Austin never pulled that off. Know why? They're all wannabes. Brock Lesnar is the one. And then you got a bunch of guys in the locker room last night coming up to me saying, hey, Paul, I could have been the one to break the streak. I could have beaten The Undertaker. So why didn't you? Randy Orton didn't break the streak. Shawn Michaels didn't break the streak. Triple H didn't break the streak. Know why? They're all wannabes. Brock Lesnar is the one because Brock Lesnar is the one in 21 and one. I'm sorry, are you saying what to me? Oh, I forgot who you are, so I'll say it slowly for you. WWE Hall of Famers, there are legends, and there are WWE superstars. And the key to that is that they're all plural. They're all lumped together, and then there's only one that stands head and shoulders above the rest on a platform of his own. There's only one beast incarnate. There's only one conqueror of the street. And there's only one Brock 